Welcome to Business Smarts Radio with Tom and Dr. Dane, the clean approach to building your successful business. Now, let's introduce Tom Borg and Dr. Dave Miles. Welcome to Business Smarts Radio with Tom and Dr. Dave, where we bring you the clean approach to building your successful business. And when I mean clean, we're not talking about spick and span and dust mops. We're talking about this podcast being all about the acronym CLEAN. We're all about communication, leadership, engagement. And no drama. And no drama. There is plenty of that out there today, especially as November comes around. So today we're going to continue our four-part series on four strategies to navigate the next four quarters. Last time we talked about employee stress levels. And we talked a little bit about those and we wanted to find out what are some good strategies and techniques that we could use to just gauge our employees' stress levels. And we talked a little bit about workplace adjustments, social distancing, cleaning protocols, general work-life balance, and some ways that you can kind of get a handle and a baseline on those stress levels. But honestly, when you look at it, there's more than just the employee stress levels. That's a great place to start. But our second one today that we're gonna talk about is communication. And if you think about, there's four areas that companies would do well to really think about and address during this time for the next four quarters. And that one was employee stress levels, communication, uh, emotional intelligence, and just adjusting to changes in general. We're gonna talk about all four. So this is the second one we're gonna talk about communication. So Tom, tell us a little bit about what folks should and shouldn't be aware of as far as communication goes. Okay. Well, oftentimes, Dave, as, as our listeners probably know, one of the main complaints that they get from their employees is that the meetings are too long. Well, what I found for the most part, if the meeting is done effectively, it's going to be first light, it's going to have an outline, they're going to follow an agenda, they're going to get things done, people will be accountable to follow through on certain things. So that's one thing. Well, we can talk more about meetings later, but meetings are very, very important. And quite frankly, companies don't have enough time not to have face-to-face -face or Zoom call meetings where they're able to have that communication go back and forth. It should be done on a regular basis. If you can't do it once a month, it should be more frequently than that. Some companies meet every day. They have a team meeting, or maybe they'll have an hourly meeting. In some cases, that's what some companies will do. The key is to make sure you have a set approach to making sure that communication is carried out on a regular basis. No, I would agree with that because most of the time, and I know I'm the same way when I hear, hey, we need more meetings. You're like, really? Like you just so sick of going to meetings in general, you're like, oh, come on. We need one more meeting like we need a hole in the head. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, we're thinking about meetings that there might be a sort of a loose standing agenda, but even with the formal agenda, it's not really held to properly. The meeting mm -hmm. management in general is kind of yeah. poor. And honestly, you just, you're bored. You stand there on your phone. Most people aren't engaged. And it's just like, can I get out of this? And honestly, the meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting is where the really productive uh, enterprise can in case. So we're not talking about, say, if you meet once a month for an hour, now you've got to meet once a week for an hour. Absolutely not. But the, I personally think the more often you're meeting, the less time you get to 
the the less time you can you know can compress that time down but honestly there's some of the we're talking about daily meetings well there's a lot of places in healthcare and manufacturing different areas start of the day start of the shift they'll do a huddle mm -hmm. quick five ten minutes everybody in person maybe around a bulletin board you know i know it's real lean, big and with the uh, lean um process improvement uh methodology just to have that huddle so you just here's what the plan for the day here's what we're doing i would just Real clear communication place for people to ask questions and boom, gone. Right. Uh, and I think the, one of the challenges is see, the business owners we've worked with from time to time, they're concerned about it turning into a complaint session when they have a meeting. Yes. And yeah. as we reminded them, it won't be a complaint session if you do it often enough. So the idea right. is, yeah, it'll be a complaint session if they've been harboring all these thoughts for the last month and no one's addressed them. So they get together, they're going to want to vent. Fine. Well, if you can do it more often, there'll be less venting and there should be a part in the meeting where there should be a, a, a time for some venting. But the more often you have them, the less buildup there's going to be and you're gonna have a, a more structured approach to getting communication transferred from one person to the next. Yeah, and if you have a, the venue in there where um, well, there's a daily huddle, weekly meeting, whatever, where it's questions, communications, clarification, and you, if there is a frustration, there is a problem, that's your job as the business owner, the leader, the manager to remove those barriers for your employees to make right. it easier for them to do their job. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge fan of the fact that you can't fix it if you don't know about it. That's right. And we can do this in other workshops or other uh, sessions. Or, well, how do you handle those problems as they come up in a meeting? How do you diffuse that angry coworker? We'll, we'll talk about that later. But the key is having more meetings on a regular basis will actually reduce the amount of complaints or venting you will, you'll receive in a meeting like that. Yeah, you just don't have time, even at the, look at it as a boiling pot of water or a boiling tea kettle. If something else, if you're popping that top every couple of minutes, it yeah. doesn't have time to build up a lot of pressure. Where if it's, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, be, and then when you go to pop that, it's gonna be steam everywhere. That's right. And so it's the same type yeah. of thing, it, it just, It'll, and when you're improving communications and you're able to act on those things, you can get a hold of something that might be a minor irritation or problem, you yes. know, better dealing with the sand in your shorts than that sand rolling down the hill, mushrooming out, you know, and into an avalanche. And yeah. then you end up having to deal with the rock slide afterwards, you know, That's and right. better to, yeah. to deal with the little small problem initially. That's right. And keep it small when it's just more of an irritant than a major issue or something that could get out to your customers or within your whole organization or could really impact your business operations. Mm -hmm. I agree. And uh, even like I said, specifically with the impacting that, it might not, the customer may not know, but I can tell you this. If you don't have those methods of communication where people can get that stuff off their chest regularly and communicate, be communicated with and really you know, get their problems taken care of and get those barriers done, Think about what it does to, like I said, the employee frustration level, but eventually that turns into lack of engagement and that turns into turnover. That's and it. lack of engagement is directly correlated with productivity. And you look at the turnover and turnover is expensive. Yes, it is. Yeah, no matter how you look at it, turnover is expensive. I think that's it. When you're talking about having good communication where a person feels heard and they're going to feel that they're respected in that organization, then they're going to want to work there. But when they feel that there's that disconnect, when they're not being respected, they're not being listened to, then they're going to look for greener pastures. Yeah, and that, and that goes back to if you're the business owner, CEO, executive director, really 
being tied in with your management staff because they can really make or break you. You could be the most caring executive director in the world and you really want what's best for your organization and for your frontline staff. But mm -hmm. if you have somebody in the middle between you two that's just looking out for themselves, or it may not even be intentional. So I don't mean to sound malicious, but maybe not have the skills or, or be a socially adept. If they're making the frontline employees feel like they're not being heard, whether they are or not, if they're not getting their issues resolved, then at some point, that's the one that the good thing about when we were talking last week about employee stress levels, mm -hmm. when you're getting that kind of benchmark through something like maybe the stress quotient assessment or something to that effect and or whatever tool you're using that you can break down by manager or break down by director, sometimes your results, mm -hmm. when you can find out, okay, well, a lot of the stress that's in this section of the organization, it just stands out because, you know, and it's related back to the manager or mm -hmm. back to the leader or the director, that allows the business owner or the CEO or that executive director to be able to go in and work with that person to kind of help them improve communications. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great place to start. And you say thing, you don't know it if you don't, you can't fix it if you don't know it. That's right. Well, so first off, we need to be communicating more often within our organizations, more one-on-ones, more huddles, more meetings, uh, that are, are productive, that are structured, and are accountable. So the next part is we have to think about when it comes to communication, especially during these times, is that what are some of the barriers that'll, that prevent people from having good communication? So even though they're right in front of each other or maybe they're on a Zoom call, what are some of the things that can prevent people to have that clear transmission of one idea to the other person so they understand it and they are able to communicate back to that person. What do you think some of them are, Dave? What, what are some of the well, ones we've seen in our clients? Well, I just laugh because, I mean, communication is easy enough to screw up anyway. Oh, yeah. Know, when you're in person. But just the fact of, like, if you're on a Zoom call, mm. you be on a Zoom call and you and I are talking with each other and we're doing this podcast and we're uh, – and we met beforehand, but you know what? There's a difference between I'm on there and we're using this to communicate similarly to if we're across the desk in person versus I'm logged into my zoom. I've got it on my phone. I've got it sitting over here. I'm technically on the meeting, but I'm here just looking at my computer screen. I'm just sitting here, whatever, or I've got my video off. That's yeah. one of the things that if you mm. want engagement and it's not a webinar style, just a, a one way, data dump communication okay here's a lecture here's a class here's a webinar here's a presentation that from me to you type of thing mm -hmm. if you really want that engagement communication if you're on zoom or microsoft teams or skype or something like that you've got to have video on and if you're the host or you're the manager or you're the director you really need to be kind of watching it it, it makes it difficult it's oh, a yeah. thing Zoom fatigue. I mean, it really is it's hard on your eyes, but you really need to be looking at the little Brady Bunch picture there to make sure that the people are engaged and they're watching and they're actually, it's the same thing you would do by just easily scanning the room mm -hmm. if you're there in person. Same thing, just different technique, different oh. way of doing it now. So I think that video component of it and paying close attention to make sure people are engaged is a big one. Absolutely. Now, even if you were in a live meeting, and we can relate this to a Zoom meeting, if you have people in front of you and you see them looking down at their phone, texting, there's no way they're going to be listening to you 100% or the message. So is there a chance that they're going to miss, understand something or not hear something? You bet. So by having that visual contact and making sure people are giving you that 
eye contact right back. It's just going to make it a shorter meeting for one. You don't want to repeat yourself. And secondly, they're going to, it's going to accomplish the purpose of the meeting, and that is to transfer communication and get feedback. Absolutely, absolutely. So we looked at, there was a couple of questions that you should ask yourself uh, as far as communication goes in this era. And one of them was internally. Think about yourself. How has it changed? Do you have a lot of essential workers that are there on site that you're still able to have your communication, whether that's, social distance with masks, you know, however, has it really not changed a lot because of the type of industry you're at? You say in manufacturing, it's kind of hard to work, work remotely in a manufacturing industry when you're on the production line. Right. Admin can, HR can, finance can. It's kind of hard to pull that lever, move that product, do whatever when you're at home. It just That's doesn't right. happen. So, so has it not affected it? Have you changed to more online or is it one of those, okay, well, this type of staff, I'm still in person, but this type of staff, I have to now communicate with them more online because they're not in the office. Mm -hmm. uh, are you using more telephone, more texting, more emails, more video conferencing mm -hmm. software? Um, look at the places where there can be miscommunications if you're using more technology. Like I said, if you're using a Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Skype or Google Meet or something like that, Make sure the video is on. Scan that. Make sure that you're seeing those communications. You're seeing the head nods. You're seeing people that are being engaged. It's a little bit tougher to do that on a telephone because you can't necessarily see that. Mm -hmm. Email can, you can get an email thread that can just seem to go on forever and information can easily get lost in an email thread. And misinterpreted. No. And, mis and very much misinterpreted. Texting and email can be the same way. A lot of folks, you know, I'm of the sort that I love getting things by email it can be you know, with a super long thread with a whole lot of people. It can easily get stuff lost. But I tell people if it's something that's, that's time sensitive, shoot me a text. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, even if it's, hey, can you check your email real quick? I sent you an email about XYZ. Uh, but there's so many things with those short written communication like that, you don't have time to get into the context of it. And exactly. so sometimes it can sound really curt. Mm -hmm. Depending on people's communication style, you're like, Really? You said that? And it's you not the way it was meant. It's not the way it come across. So it's very easy to misinterpret things, email, text, especially if you're not familiar with the communication style of the people in your office. The next one is uh, gauge your levels of miscommunication. Mm -hmm. Are they, do they seem to be going up? Do you have more problems with that now? Does it seem to be getting better? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it may be actually getting better. You have less problems with miscommunication now. And then the last one is gauging your external communication with your clients. Mm -hmm. Is that improved? Is it changed? Is it the same? Is it different? Mm -hmm. Are you typically dealing with your clients and your customers in person, on the phone? Is that, and just kind of gauge how those three are internally, externally, and then between the two of those, how is my level of miscommunications Increase, decrease, change by any stretch. Yeah, and one way to do that, just do, do an inventory. The last meeting they had, the last conversation you had, ask the other person, uh, based on what I've said, uh, could you just share with me what I said just to make sure I gave you the information the way I hoped I gave it to you. So yeah. that feedback from them, don't assume that they're getting it because they could get a whole different notion of what it is you meant to say in the first place. And we've done these before with clients. We did this a lot when I was in uh, in my doctoral program, but we did you know, a lot of communication audits. And sometimes it's very good just to send out, even it could be as simple as a, sim as a survey monkey type thing, just mm -hmm. some, or just uh, in general asking people, but just gauging 
how are the communications around here? You know, and, and you feel like it's better, you feel like it's worse, you know, something to that effect. I mean, that's all you're trying to do is just gauge information. If people feel like, hey, we're communicating less, we're communicating more, hey, it's more difficult, hey, this has really become a lot easier because they don't have to travel. Mm-hmm. Just get a good gauge. It's no different than the employee stress levels last time. You can't mm-hmm. fix it if you don't know it. And if you can get a good gauge on how everybody's feeling, also that also goes back to the engagement part of it because they're like, wow, they actually care. They're actually wondering if we're communicating well. This is this is a plus. So we're, you know, they actually are worried about making sure that we're getting the information we need and, and we're getting the resources we need. So, I mean, I think it's a really good thing to get that baseline, not just on our employee stress levels like we talked about last time, but just communication. And um, finally, that, I'll throw something out and I want you to uh, try to get your, I want to get your opinion on it. But mm-hmm. my thought is it, finding out the communication style, primary communication style of your team members mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, you can obviously get into some of the bigger assessments. You can find out, you know, the primary behavior style, the primary communication style, their behavioral style, you could look at so many different things. But honestly, just even that primary communication style, something simple, something easy, and then how to communicate amongst different styles, I think I mean, that way you can kind of customize to a certain degree how you're communicating with people. To me, I think is absolutely crucial. Oh, yeah. Well, Dave, one, of the tools, one of the tools that we use is that behaviors uh, assessment and in it, right there, it'll have the person answer, how do they like to be communicated to? How they don't want to be communicated to? We help them then identify specific descriptors that they really can zero in on. And I don't want, these are four things that I want a person to do when they're communicating with me. And there are four things I want them to do. Now, if people know these things, then they're not going to be pushing people's buttons when they're trying to communicate with them. They're not alienating the very person they're trying to convince of something. So, yes to be able to see how a person likes to be communicated to or they don't want to be communicated to, that's critical if you're going to be a good communicator. Yeah, and I, I love that. And to me, that's one of my favorites when you could sit down and run a comparison report with a yeah. manager or a director and all their direct reports so they can sit there and really get a good idea of, of all of this. But even if they don't go quite to that level, even just something like the free working from home assessment that we had and, and still have, Yes. You're like, well, I don't work from home. Well, that's it gives you tips on if you happen to work from home, but more is a simple free assessment that we're more than happy to send you a link to that will give you your primary communication style and then how best to communicate with other styles. You know what? Just take something like that that takes like mm-hmm. five or ten minutes, absolutely free, distribute it out to your whole team, and then just sit there and, and go over it as a manager and review the results and kind of compare notes. Just something like that that doesn't cost you a dime, but is a huge, awesome resource. I think just that right there, getting that little bit of an understanding, yes. is definitely a foot in the door in the right direction to be able well, to effectively communicate with your people. Absolutely. And we think about it, and the numbers are out there. Companies in the United States alone lose billions of dollars a year on miscommunication. Just because people miscommunicate, the order gets created in the wrong way, someone does the wrong amount of work, it has to be redone, client gets upset. There's so many things that can happen when we miscommunicate. It's expensive, not only in financial, in a financial sense, but also in an emotional sense when people's feelings are hurt or when people are just, just, just angry because something wasn't carried out the way they'd hoped it would be. So true. And depending on the industry, it could be dangerous and it could be deadly. Oh, 
absolutely. Well, yes. and I said recently my, my wife had to go in and get her uh, right shoulder operated on again and had to get it redone. And in a good way, I was laughing because I bet of the 15 people that probably talked to her, every single person, now what are we doing for you today? It wasn't like, oh, we're fixing your shoulder. No, no, no. You tell me. What are we doing today? <laughs> Which one? Right one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, then, and then at the end, the, the physician comes in, the surgeon comes in, has a conversation. Of course, the anesthesiologist asks, the, uh, the prep nurse asks, the, the, the OR nurse asks, all these different staff members ask. And then finally, the surgeon comes in, and then they initial the correct shoulder that they're going to be operating on and I thought you know all the different checklists that people have and, the, and just over that over communication of it is what keeps people safe oh my goodness it, it, yes especially in that type of a uh, of an environment so I mean that's kind of an extreme example but airline pilot surgeons stuff like that I forget the the um, name of the author but an amazing book. If you ever get a chance to read it, it's called the checklist manifesto and it goes into that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's where anybody, even from the lowest tech all the way up to the uh, surgeon doing the, um, the, anybody can basically stop the procedure. You stop. We've got an issue, you know, and like I said, whether it's the pilots in the airline industry, medical industry, you outlined all these different industries where checklists and this, this over communication, this double checking of medicine, here, I've got 10 milligrams of XYZ. Is that correct? And then the person says, yes, I see that. That's 10 milligrams of XYZ you pulled up. All right, great. You know, just that back and forth, all those double checks and over communication can really, depending on the industry, can really even save lives. Oh, save lives? You bet. Yeah. Hmm. So any final thoughts for our listeners today, Tom? I think the main thing is that uh, take a look at the way you've been communicating. Look for some ways you can improve that process. And you and your team will just be so much better off. I think so. I think everybody can agree that in some way, shape, or form, whether you're essential personnel or not, or mm -hmm. I even I don't even like using that term because I think everybody in the workforce is essential personnel to some degree or the other. Or why would you even have the job there to begin with? But whether you are already in person stuff or you're working from home or however you see put it, communications have changed since this past you know, February and March, ever since a lot of the, uh, the quarantines, the lockdowns, the, uh, the different ways that we're doing things, communications have changed. And I think just taking a little bit of time to go back in your organization and, or just in your team and be able to see how they changed, you know, internally, externally, and then a level of miscommunication, just getting a good handle on it. And has the change been positive or negative, and then being able to try to improve it from there will reap many benefits going mm -hmm. forward well said so other than that is all we have for you for today's episode like i said this is part two of the four strategies to navigate the next four quarters next episode we'll be talking a little bit about emotional intelligence and emotional quotient so i'm looking forward to that one and so we will see you all on the next episode take care